Welcome to Hardwood Group Chat, a new podcast where we replace those MBAI message rants with actual conversation. I'm your host, Carno Sarpar. Joining me for episode four are my best friends, Neil Pachacharya and Moana Gangopadhyay. What's up? Let's, uh, little special midweek edition. Yeah, yeah. So today is uh, the 16th of November. It's a uh, Tuesday. And right now, while we're talking, the Golden State Warriors are up 91-74 on the Brooklyn Nets. Scary. Big game. Big, big game uh, for a midweek. Anyway. College basketball is also fully in motion, starting up. Michigan State played last weekend, did they not, Carno? They did play last. uh, Not weekend. Well, they did play on the weekend. Uh, Michigan and Michigan State both played on the weekend. But Michigan State kicked off the season. With a uh, usual fashion, yeah, in, in usual fashion, the Champions Classic. It was Kansas, Michigan State playing each other, and then Kentucky versus uh, Duke playing the other yep. game at MSG. At MSG, yeah. Why'd you guys go to the game? I don't care about either of those teams, dude. The four <laughs> be- most storied programs in college football, or college basketball, <laughs> at least Duke. Duke. You're not going to see Coach K playing uh, Coach again. I know, but it's like, if I don't know any of the players, there are, but it's like I'm going to watch a bunch of 18 year olds like that I don't know. I'd rather go to an NBA game at that point. At least these ones, like, it, it's more of a story. Anyway, but Michigan State lost in what everyone expected. They lost a chance. They kept it competitive. I'll say that. They kept it competitive for most of the game. And then at the very end, um, some calls didn't go our way. Imani Bates. I wonder, that, I wonder what that feels us. like. Um, no, though, the biggest issue is Imani Bates screwed us this year. Yeah, and so we imagined, all right, we're going to have Wait, a guy can, that's a wing player. Can we, and, can we talk about this timeline? So he, he committed to MSU, then yep. decommitted trying to go to the G League, but then went to Mem- is it Memphis? Memphis, yeah, yeah. because Penny Hardaway totally didn't put, pay him or anything. <laughs> Come on, everybody gets paid. Name, image, likeness. It's all, it's all legal. Partially legal now. Well, well, yeah, name, image, likeness, likeness is legal, but booster payments are not. The whole thing with James <laughs> Wiseman last year, I don't know if you guys remember, with James Wiseman, couldn't finish out a season at Memphis because they figured out that, hey, Penny was originally a booster there. Penny paid. And then so. when that when that leak came out or like the FBI investigation, I'm, I'm surprised that there wasn't more that came out of it in terms of just uh, implicating people. Huge bombshell. NCAA goes down. Like, I don't know. It was it pretty much kind of just got swept under the rug overall. Louisville got screwed. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys remember. Louisville yeah, got screwed. That was for different bit. reasons. No, it was the boosters. It was oh, boosters. Just, yeah. just boosters? I thought it was something else, too. Well, the brought, Rick Patino brought, strippers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. bought strippers with the booster, but it was booster money. <laughs> yeah, it was booster oh. money, but this, the strippers doesn't help with the, with their with the, with the defense. There's a famous team that uh, you know lost their national championship because of a booster. Michigan. Man, Chris Weber. Yeah, technically, I don't think Michigan has a championship officially, right? Because didn't that get swept away by the Chris Webber thing? Hey, it's still a great documentary. Let's yeah, yeah. Uh, let's 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 not go there. Hey, I yeah, I, I I wasn't. I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was. I thought I was I was supporting Michigan on that one, but still, it's like that that was the start of it. And then SMU had issues. It, it's a it's a whole kerfuffle of just issues. It's just it, you know, now that everyone's legal, and then we always take the player side on this stuff. It just doesn't seem like a big deal anymore. You know, the NBA, the NBA, you think would be incorruptible, but I can't believe Tim Donahue that that story happened in the 2000s. That's wild because he called Pistons games and stuff and he called a bunch of prominent games. And that that was just the tip of the iceberg, I feel like. 
Yeah. And I mean, there's a podcast on Spotify that Tim Donahue is doing. Um, and Get out of here. Talks, really? Yeah. Yeah. You can uh, listen to it. I got, I got to remember the name. Uh, let me actually pull it up. I think I, I listened to a preview of it. Yeah. Um, I'm searching it up right now. Tim Donahue. Well, well, whistleblower. For, oh, for, whistleblower. Ah, how, how fitting. Um, well, well, we, we easily, uh, people can, can listen to our podcast and then go to, uh, go to Tim Donahue's right after. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, it's crazy stuff like mafia connections and everything. Just take, take a look at it. Take, take a listen to it. Uh, Recom- recommended for you. It's yeah. the recommended for you page right there. All right. Uh, the other things that came out. Um, so we had uh, college football rankings and, um, you know, I have, I have a little, a little beef with the college football playoff committee right now. And, uh, I think you guys know. I mean, today uh, the rankings came out again, and we have Georgia at one, seven, yeah. Alabama at two, Oregon at three, Ohio State at four, and Oregon beat Ohio State, remind you, I think in week three or week or no week one of the year. Cincinnati at five, Michigan at six, and MSU at seven, which is blasphemy. It's absolute fucking blasphemy. <laughs> now. Yeah. Let me say this. All right, Let, give me a second here. Yeah. The college football committee. Stephen A. This is a Stephen A. monologue coming. <laughs> I am I am furious. I am absolutely furious about this because the college football committee was supposed to replace a system called the BCS, where BCS takes in strength of schedule, head-to-head, and all this stuff, but has computer do it. And then it, it ranks the top two teams to go to the national championship game, and then other teams that go in the BCS bowls, and then that would determine the final rankings and who becomes a champion. People didn't like that because they were saying, oh, you know what? We need to have a people element to this. We need to have humans do this. The computer system is completely messed up. And so they established this college football committee, which has 13 members from different areas, including Condoleezza Rice, for reasons beyond my understanding. But they will decide who are the top 25 teams in the country. The criteria used to uh, establish the playoff committee is strength of schedule, head-to-head, and comparison of results against uh, common opponents. Mind you, the BCS used this as well, but they use computer statistics and um, uh, the media poll and the coaches poll and combine it into an aggregator. College football playoffs is just humans doing this. So they ranked Michigan above Michigan State. So Michigan is number six and Michigan State is seven. When a week or two weeks earlier now, Michigan State beat Michigan. And that's, I mean, that's head to head right there. So how can you say that Michigan should be ranked higher than Michigan State when Michigan State clearly beat them? Now, you can say that the, the game was officiated poorly. You could say all these things. But the college football committee is not meant to reofficiate games. They're meant to determine who is the best team based on the rankings provided to them. All right, fine. Michigan's been higher than Michigan State because apparently they believe that Michigan is a better team than Michigan State. Let's go to number three and number four. Oregon is ranked higher than Ohio State. Oregon beat Ohio State. And, you know, that means head-to-head. But can you say that the Pac-12 is a, is a stronger conference than the Big Ten? Can you say that Ohio State is not a stronger team, has stronger strength of schedule than Oregon? So all I got to say is be fucking consistent here. All right? If you're going to have Oregon above Ohio State, then you're going to have Michigan State above Michigan. It has to be the case. Michigan State beat Michigan in week nine. You know, I, I don't know why, why these rankings matter that much week to week. If you win your conference, you're going like that. Yeah. It's as simple as that, right? Like, like who cares? Who cares what five, six, seven, eight is like, it's all going to change by week 14 anyway. Like 
it, it, yeah, these rankings mean nothing. Nothing. They literally mean nothing. Gonna lose to Ohio State, and you guys get the tiebreaker for the Rose Bowl. Like that's it doesn't matter. well, the then you're gonna go. The tiebreak is determined by what though? It's not no. determined by it's determined by uh, by uh, the ranking, right? They're they're not gonna rank us above Michigan State after this all plays out. I guarantee you, this is just yeah. There's no way. Why not? Why not? What is if if they're gonna say Michigan State wins out, Michigan wins out? Why can't they say, hey, both teams won? Therefore, so then, like we can't, we, there's no reason to justify Michigan State over Michigan. The, the committee just, like, when they came out with the rankings, they said Michigan is a better team than Michigan State. That's what they were saying. But head to head clearly doesn't determine that. Head to head, they played fucking a, or two weeks ago now, and Michigan State beat Michigan. Now, you, okay, you can argue only, about that, but it The happened. only viable explanation is they watched the game and they looked very specifically at style of play and probably like one or two calls, but. Style of play. I'm looking. At, I'm looking at the whole criteria. It's not. It's not on the criteria. Style okay, of play is not, not the criteria. List, okay, come on. Half the shit they list on their criteria, they don't. It's not. It's bullshit. They they look at so many things. Fine. Oregon lost to Stanford, who's three and five or three and seven right now in week five. It's not like in the early of the season. It's week five, middle of the season. MSU lost to Purdue, who's six and four now. Late, in week late five. in the season. Late in the season. But it's not that far different. Okay, fine. Michigan State beat Michigan late in the season. Therefore, Michigan State has to be better than Michigan because of the head-to-head. Six versus seven versus Purdue, who was unranked, who just yeah. throttled by Michigan. An unranked Purdue dropped 40 points on State. That's not – that's that's pretty bad. They also beat Iowa. They also beat um, – you know, they're not a bad team. They were ranked after that. And Purdue what just happened? OSU spanked them last week. So what you're so what the playoff committee is saying then is like all right the Purdue loss means more than beating the number seven the sixth team in the country. Yeah, that's exactly what they're saying. That's not what that's not in the criteria. The criteria is head to head, and no, you, can't no, even you and I barrier. both know this criteria that they list is bullshit. It's just to ease fans. But, but you got to be consistent. Everything. Then you've got to be consistent. Anyway, all I gotta say is, you know, there's there, there's something to say about consistency and i think this this playoff thing is absolutely bullshit go back to the bcs and maybe put a playoff system it's just fucked up and i i, I have not it's all money it's all money and i think this, this really needs to be revisited anyway let's go to basketball let's talk about basketball that's what we're here for yeah we're here for basketball you know i i, I raised my blood pressure a little bit there but uh you know let's let's talk about happier things so uh, we're in week five now. You know, some crazy things are happening. Uh, some things are solidifying. And uh, I mean, the Golden State Warriors are looking more dangerous by the day. It's only, uh, you know, it, it's inevitable that they're going to be a champion again. I mean, if you look at Clay Thompson's return, you look inevitable. at inevitable. Whoa. What are you, Thanos? You're Thanos? Yeah, it's inevitable. <laughs> um, I mean, whether it's happening this year or next year, but this team is looking scary. And it's not just like, it's not just Golden State's old guys. It's not Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green. But they got these young guys, too. They got Gary Payton Jr. They got Jordan Poole. They got uh, Jonathan Kamingo is weirdly looking good. Yep. Um, so does look good. A lot of cool things. But let's start it off by talking about what's going on up east. All right. Starting with the Atlantic Division. Um, Nets rounded out at 10-4. and four. They look good. I mean, I think they're about to lose. I mean, yeah, they're getting spanked right now, but they're getting spanked by the best team in the NBA, so it's not too bad. But um, Duran and Harden seem to be doing their job. Harden is still – I feel like he's not totally himself, mainly because he's still arguing about foul calls on the court every now and then. Uh, but they're cruising along. I don't see any reason why they won't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Do you think uh, Harden's still playing himself into shape? 
people say Harden's doing it. People say Luca's Luca's doing it. Luca's pretty chunky. Yeah, Zion's but- probably going to be playing himself in shape all season. Yeah, and how bad the Pelicans are. Zion will never be in shape. Let's let's just admit it. Zion's not meant like his his charm is he's a bowling ball. Yeah, he's not meant to be, you know, a skinny guy. Yeah, yeah. I but mean, I Harden's- agree. I think I think Harden is playing himself into shape. Um, plus, he's playing himself into a different shape than who he used to be. Yeah, very to- different. Yeah, he's distributed. I mean, yeah, different. Durant is shooting, <laughs> I think, at like a crazy high efficiency this season, which is not surprising, but it's still ridiculous the numbers that he's putting up. Um, second, we have the Knicks. Slowed down a little bit after that hot start, but, I mean, still sixth in the East, still playing well. Um, hopefully they they get those wins up a little bit because they've been losing some games here and there. Uh, 76ers tied uh, – and not tied. They're right right below the Knicks and also at eight and six. Uh, surprise they're, surprise they're, they're not playing better. They have six losses. Embiid's not, out right now. So. Yeah, Embiid's out. But they should still be able to win without him. I mean – no Embiid, no... Uh, well, There's the MVP Simmons. factor. Yeah, Simmons isn't there, <laughs> which he's never going to be. But... Yeah, it's not like that mattered. <laughs> um, and then we have the Celtics and the Raptors to bottom it out. Celtics playing a little bit better. Uh, I still think they probably need to make some offseason moves because 7-7 seven and seven is not... It's not up to the Boston standard. I'm sure their fans are yelling about it during the games. Um all, a lot of their wins are quality wins this season. Yeah, it's really random. They're all over the place. Heat, Bucks, Cavaliers. Uh, Bucks are Bucks are injured. That's true. Yeah, Hornets. I mean, yeah, it's they have some quality wins. Yeah, it makes me wonder the Celtics when they play like on national TV and they play ranked or not ranked teams, but I'm still in the college football playoff mode. But when they play teams that are good and upper echelon teams, they seem to perform. Whereas when they play, you know, a doghouse teams, it's you know, they, they underwhelm. So I wonder if it's, it's a national attention thing. Like Celtics are so used to national attention that when they have it, they crave it. They're like, Oh yeah, daddy's looking at me. I, I need to play well. Yeah. It could also just be mentality. They're, uh, they're assuming that it'll be an easy win when they play a team like the Raptors or something, but yeah. Maybe the recent wins are because Jalen Brown's injured and the, and the, the usage utilizes, uh, you know, it evens out a little bit with uh, Tatum getting, getting the touches. Yeah, Tatum, Tatum gets full control, green light. I yeah. I don't know how I feel about that because Jalen Brown's like a better defender than Tatum, I think. Much better defender yeah. than Tatum. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that runs out the the uh, Atlantic. All right. So Take let's us to the Central. About, let's talk about the uh, Central and the Chicago Bulls, who are looking good. They're currently second place in the conference. Uh, they're at 10 and 4. And, um, you know, even with the injuries to Vucevic, who has COVID, Patrick Williams is out for the season, and Zach Levine is kind of injured with that uh, ligament in his thumb. They're playing really well. Uh, they had some quality wins against the Mavs. They had quality wins against uh, – uh, yesterday they beat, what, the Lakers, right? They smacked the Lakers. They, they, they smacked the Lakers. The Caruso show came back. And um, it's, it's – you know, I was hard on them earlier this year. I, I was – I think that I, I said a lot about Lonzo not fitting in. And, um, you know, the team's still not, still not there yet. I was wrong. I was wrong. This team's good. This team's here. Um, you know, I, we'll see how they do in the playoffs, but they're, they're a legitimate contender in the East. Lonzo had a um, career night last night, too. Yeah. He had yeah. seven threes, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, like 28 points or something like that. Um, yeah. Unbelievable. So, uh, you know, their point differential is 5.9, so they're, they're beating their teams by six points. It's, it's, it's really quite something. 
the other team that's actually doing really well, and I didn't think that they're going to do so well, is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland, yeah. yeah. Um, Cleveland, this is for you. <laughs> uh, the land is uh, currently sitting fifth in the conference at nine and six. Uh, they did lose recently, but before that, they were on quite a win streak. They had wins over the Knicks where Ricky Rubio dropped 37. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable 30 bag by Ricky. <laughs> Uh, three three rebounds and ten. They had a double double. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, they also he played beat, like he played like he was nineteen in Spain again. Yeah. Truly, yeah. Uh, they spanked the Pistons. Uh, ninety eight seventy eight. Um, you know, Cade Cunningham has played well against all the rookies except for Mobley. Um, he had seven turnovers in that game, and Mobley was, had uh, sixteen seven and one with two steals and three blocks. The guys have defensive <laughs> presence. Yeah. Um, it's 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 impressive. It's impressive. So. The Cavaliers, and the thing that happened to the Cavaliers is uh, William um, Markinen's out, Kevin Lum's out with COVID, and Colin Sexton actually tore his meniscus. Yeah, and he's gonna be out for a while, and they're still playing well. Still um, playing so, well. Yeah. they made a great decision in making Jared Allen their star center instead of Andre Drummond. Oh yeah, I mean, any any person that's not Andre Drummond that's your star center is probably gonna do well. Yeah, Andre Drummond's <laughs> a re, like a role player that still has a you know. A, an effective on the inferior and inferior complex. Uh, third place, uh, Milwaukee. And, you know, I'm not too concerned about Milwaukee right now. They're 10th in the conference, um, but, or I think 11th in the conference, sorry. Uh, they're six and eight. Um, it's, there, there's some concerns with injuries. Chris Middleton's out with COVID. Brooke Lopez is out with a bad back. Dante DiVincenzo's still been out. Yeah. And then, um, you know, George Hill and the Greek Freak are day-to-day with injuries. So, some concerns there. They're on a losing streak, a two-game losing streak. They're three and seven in the last ten games. It's not looking great, but Greek Freak's still playing well, and I think I think we're still going to be fine there. Um, the last two teams. Um, so I've been high on the Indiana Pacers, and even though they're fourth in the division, they're at six and nine. They were on a win streak for a while before their most recent loss. And Karis LeVert's back. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very excited to see what the Indiana Pacers are going to do now with Rick Carlisle the helm. Um, they beat the Sixers. They beat the Jazz. The Jazz are, like, you know, a pretty good team in the season in the West, and the Pacers beat them. Uh, Brogdon hit a thirty bucket, a thirty piece. Uh, T.J. McConnell is doing really well, and Chris Duarte is yeah. uh, the rookie. He's starting. He's playing pretty well. He gets a lot of minutes. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I Karis Levert. Now that Karis is back, Chris yeah. Duarte's minutes may go down, but he's still. I mean, give him a chance because he's yeah. doing really well. Is it safe One, to say the Pistons are going to finish last <laughs> uh, in the division? Too early yeah, to tell. Yeah. No, no. Just the way the, the injuries are bugging this team, the Pistons. Okay, Kelly Olenica, not a lot of height on that team. I mean, they have Luka Garza, who's taller than seven foot, and then they have um, no one else, Kelly Olenek. Um, I think Trey Lyles is not really that tall. Uh, Isaiah Stewart, 6'8", even though he plays center. So there's a huge height concern with the Pistons, and uh, that's going to – that plus injuries is just going to lead to a rough year this year. Dude, nothing's going to save the Pistons this year, man. Like it's going to be a brutal season. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're prepping for the future here. Like it's yeah. good to see the young, the young, young guys playing well. So mm-hmm. one thing that, that's good about the Pistons is that they actually are playing very good defense, which is yeah. good reminiscent of the old days. Larry um, Brown. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, Wonders, for a team, the, for mm-hmm. a team that's the worst offensive team right now with the lowest field goal percentage, the lowest three point percentage, the lowest points per game, they're averaging, and so, you know, when you play a bad offense, defense kind of falls because more pressure is on them. But they're mid-table. They're 15th in opposing points per game. They're forcing 15 turnovers a game, uh, which is the eighth most. They're, they're forcing a lot of turnovers. 
Uh, it's just injury concerns. Um, the shots are going to fall. Uh, Cade's coming back. I mean, yesterday, even though they lost, um, he, I think, put 20-plus points, uh, uh, five-plus rebounds. He's playing well. Cade's making his turn. Um, so there's a bright future, but uh, it's not going to be good this year. I mean, they're, they're losing everything. Um, they're 3-10, and 10, and they're, point, they're, they're scoring 10 less points a game than their opponents. Anyway, the Central, uh, things to look out for, the, the two C teams, Cleveland, Chicago, interesting uh, interesting contenders. Uh, we'll see how far they go in the playoffs. But, um, yeah, looking good in the Central. All right. So, in the Southeast, uh, the Washington Wizards are the best team right now in the East. Um, they are uh, having Bradley Beal lead them, Montrezl Harrell coming in second and scoring on that team, and they're 10-3. and three. Uh, had some quality wins. I mean, they did have a cupcake schedule this week against the, the, Pel- the Pelicans, Magic, Cavs, you know, uh, 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 an injured Bucks team, but they're stringing together good wins. So interesting to see how, how long this lasts. Um, I, you know, I can't imagine this being sustainable, but it is imp- pretty impressive just given the, uh, the roster that, that they had. I mean, no one thought about this team after the Lakers trade, but they're start they're, they're playing, they're playing pretty well and hope to see them more on, uh, on nationally televised games. Um, game win streak. Yeah. Five game win streak. It's crazy. Has Westbrook left. Hey, yeah. <laughs> some respect on his name. Um, the Miami heat are, uh, are number two in the division nine and five. They're, they're starting to slow down a little bit. Um, bad loss to the, to the Lakers didn't even have LeBron. <laughs> Uh, and, and they gave that one up. Tyler Hero just missed a bunch of shots. Quite an entertaining game, though, um, I would say. And then the uh, Hornets are, are in third place. They got a, they, they beat the Warriors uh, a few nights ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty pretty interesting to see what's going on there with LaMelo and Bridges. I mean, I think we've been talking about Bridges every week. I mean, his uh, he's improving. His scoring has fallen a little bit, I think, uh, over the last clip. But when a lot of these players come to the league and, and I, I heard, I actually heard this today on a podcast and we'll get to it when Neil talks about it, but you know, who's the type of player that bridges is trying to model his game off of when he first came in. I feel like I know the answer to this, but I don't know. Is it it's a two way player. It's a two way player. Is it from our generation? Or yeah. Our else? generation. Yeah. Uh, not Al Port. No, not Al. Uh, Paul Millsap. Mm, Paul, Paul George actually. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, that's right. Paul George. Yeah, a lot of people like modeling their game off Paul George because arguably, like he was one of the first two-way players who was a prolific scorer, crazy athleticism, all before the injury. Um, And and, Scottie Pippen, for sure, for sure. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, all the nice two-way players. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm saying the two, the 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 more modern modern generation two-way player who who is shooting six threes a game. You know what I mean? Like if not more, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, miles My- bridges really improved his, his three point percentage is taking more shots. He's hitting them. He has a weird shot still, but uh, he's, making, uh, he's yeah. making them. Um, and uh, do you guys see that back-to-back sequence of uh, Obi Toppin uh, yeah. hitting that windmill dunk and then yeah. miles bridges coming back and doing the exact same thing. Yeah. It, was a, it was the coolest highlight I think the from dunk contest. In, yeah, speaker should have done contest. Yeah. Um, most surprising on this list is the Hawks. The Hawks are six and nine right now. So they, wait, wait. A- admittedly, they did go through a pretty tough stretch with uh, with with their schedule. Um, 
I, I don't know what's going on there because they, they have a ton of talent. Um, don't know if it's just a, it's going to be a regression to meet to the mean kind of thing where, you know, they'll, they'll find a stretch in the season where they win six games in a row, six, seven games, and then they're kind of back in contention, but uh, interesting to see where that goes. And then who's the last one, the, the, um, the Orlando magic. I mean, <laughs> that's a chalk up for, for any team that plays them. Although, although Franz Wagner is actually getting a lot of credibility um, yeah, people are actually, people are actually talking about him. You guys were hard on him. I we was. were, we were, we were, I mean, uh, he's in Michigan. Yeah. I mean, but that, that's the thing, right? That's the transition with college and, uh, and the NBA is like, you're playing in a system in college. Uh, you're a little constrained in your ability. Uh, and then the NBA, you kind of just let it all out a little bit less defensive pressure, um, and more pure athleticism gets you further. So what I'm hearing is Juwan Howard can't build NBA talent. Yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. Sounds about right. Well, dude, we'll see. Caleb Houston comes in, comes in the league next year. Well, we'll, we'll see. Um, so yeah, that wraps up the uh, the Southeast. Um, if we take it to the Northwest, the uh, Nuggets are in first place. Um, you know, Jokic had to sit out a game, and this is going to be part of our part of our update uh, on that fight that ensued. Well. I guess altercation, whatever you want to call it, uh, with Markeith Morris. So we'll we'll touch on that later today. But the Jazz, they're still hanging in there, eight and five. Trailblazers, I feel like they're like literally the most forgettable team during the regular season. Like no one pays attention to them. Like no one knows what's going on. They win some, they lose some. They're a wild card, but they always end up being you know a six through five through eight seed. When then we'll see how far Dame takes them. Hey, actually, oh. CJ's kind of doing some work there. I was watching, it was like, I don't know if it was a game today or yesterday where they were playing, ooh, I want to say Dallas. And CJ had his clutch, like, CJ is like at the rim, clutch yeah. blocks. Yeah. And then Lillard's doing his thing. But watch out for CJ. Lillard's yeah. doing his thing. But yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think Lillard is, uh, is struggling a little yeah. bit this year. He only, he's only scoring 20 points a game. Um, PER. Yeah, PER of under seventeen. Um, yeah, not not a great uh, not a great three point percent. He's shooting under thirty yeah. percent this season, twenty eight percent. That's actually brutal. Um, so yeah, and then to round it out, you got OKC, whatever, and then you got the Timberwolves. <laughs> Timberwolves, man, they uh they 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 also beat the Lakers by like twenty plus points, and the Lakers suck. Yeah, they're, they're so bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, you're not going anywhere with the Timberwolves. This is another take that I heard is like, if you want to win right now, and Garner, you're going to disagree on this. It's actually you want to, and you want to call up, you know, a guy that you want to bring on to to help your team win immediately. It's actually Cat. That's what people have been saying. If yeah. you're if you're in a mediocre middle of the road team and you're a superstar, like I don't know, a Bradley Beal, for example, you want you want a guy like Cat on your team. I can agree with that to an extent because Cat is not there to play defense for you. He's just there to get buckets and improve your shooting. So if you believe your offense is lacking or you just want another offensive weapon because you're contending already and you have the basic elements of defense figured out, fine. Yeah, get a Cat because he can he can get buckets, but the guy is a defensive zero. I, I, will, I will fight anyone to the death on that. <laughs> uh, cat is a defensive zero. does not do shit on defense. Yeah. Well, uh... That rounds out uh, 
the Northwest. So Neil, I'll hand it over to you. Yep. Uh, in the Pacific, no surprise, Warriors at one, best team in the league. I think the league gets significantly better when Clay comes back. I think they're going to win this year. I, I <laughs> like it. I have I have no reason to believe any other team can beat them in a seven game series. Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis, Greek Freak, when he, when everything Dude, comes back from injury, just, just put Giannis freak. on on Steph. How Steph's way faster than him. Giannis, dude, like, he just he's got a, reach. Like, hand out, he's got yeah. reach, but dude, dude. Steph, Steph does this to everybody in the league. Like, okay, okay, but okay, but when during the Lakers series, or no, sorry, not Lakers, during when they when he played the Cavs like for five years in a row, dude, LeBron did have his number at times. He did have his number at times. Yeah. They lost because the team was just structurally better. Yeah. And this team is structurally better, I think, with Clay than the Bucks. I don't know, man. Like the team, like Steve Kerr is really good at using his personnel. Uh, Gary Payton is being like the prime example this season. Um, these guys, like the Toscanos of the world, he yeah. finds ways to get these guys minutes and and use their strengths. So I, I do agree with you to a certain extent, but then like it's Toscano at the end of the day. It's like, it's uh what was it? What was the other guy's name? The good defender that we were just talking about. Baysmore. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, Kaminga. Kaminga. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, dude, these guys are all still tier three players in the NBA. Like, yeah, but in this I'll even system, put Jordan Poole in that category. He's Jordan good. Tier three. Jordan yeah, tier three. But look what happened to the play on game last year. He choked and he choked hard. In the yeah. Game. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like you can't, you can't assess their playoff greatness quite yet um it, it just given that they ha- they're playing with a bunch of tier three players yeah they're playing with a bunch of tier three players but at the core they have their three steph clay and draymond who have the most playoff experience out of anyone no but still you need like if yeah you can have that core three but you need like a tier two like when they went when they yeah. were first had steph clay and draymond they had andre which they still do if they still older. do it was washed he's yeah, washed. But they had harrison barnes who was good at that time yeah. he he warranted the contract that kind of ended his career but he was it was good they had Andrew Bogut, who was phenomenal. Good, really good yeah. when he came Andrew back. Andrew Bogut. Uh, so you need something. You can't have that steep drop off. Like, all right, we're gonna have our three men. When they come off the floor, we're giving are, up negative. Yeah, these are still a lot of young players that they're that they have a cast around right now. Yeah, yeah, but the young players are all delivering for now. When, for when now, come, for now, it's a different thing because yeah, then, like, you're not Weisman, playing. But I mean, he's young as well, so. Right. But when it, when it comes to the playoffs, you're no longer playing minutes. You're not playing um, like the stars are going to play 35, 36 minutes, almost 40 minutes, because that's just, they just have to win the game regardless. There's no more like load management, putting things in the tank. It is like balls to wall. We're playing hard. Yeah. I still think even with what I'm saying, they'll make it out the West. No problem. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, second in the division, Suns playing great basketball, 10 and three. Uh, <laughs> they've been surging oh, recently, right? Chris Nine Paul, game win streak. Nine game win streak. Nine yeah. game win streak for the Phoenix Suns. So they're the hottest team right now in the yeah. league. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You guys see that Chris Paul? Yeah, between the legs. Between the legs, just toying with defenders. Um, Clippers at uh, well, sixth in the West at eight and five. That Paul George is really putting the, the that team on his back. Paul George MVP. Regular season God. That's that's a real the- that's a yeah. real thesis going going around going Paul around the league. Ah uh, man, Wait, dude, you can't. They're not winning games though. They are though. They they're better yeah. than the Lakers right now. Are, are they? Why not? Why not put Steph in the MVP conversation? Dude, dude, because they're, they're has... six. They're six and four. They're six and four team. They're bar- oh. they're barely the Clippers. They're oh, eight yeah. and five. 
They're eight and five. Eight and five? Oh, yeah. all right. I'm I don't know what I'm looking at then. But yeah. Um okay. Okay. Yeah. Um thirteen even, thirteen oh, games without, in. That's without Kawhi too, so well, only get better. And without the inevitable return of Pat Beverly with the midseason. <laughs> yeah, before the trade deadline, I'm sure he'll get back there. He's coming back. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, and then Lakers at eight and seven. I I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs on this rate, honestly. Uh, no, LeBron. LeBron's coming back. He's coming back this Friday. I don't think he's going to be able to do anything. The team is awful. Unless they make a whole total revamp before the trade deadline, like he's not enough. They lost their heart. They haven't soul. played games though. They just like haven't played games with like them trying. Like, no, they have. They have. Not with. Nah, I don't know, God man. Knows, I mean, LeBron's missed like eight games. Yeah, oh. he's barely played the season. He's only played like the first few games. It was like the first few games, any of them all played with each other. Yeah. LeBron's building his narrative for the excuse of when he loses. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just never going to be at 100%. Look at me. I was out this whole time. There's no reason. Like, this what, NBA season's too long. Too long, huh? He's like 36, 37, so I don't blame him. But it's You guys still like... think he's a top five player? Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately. Top five, yeah. Not top one. Not top two. Not top three. Not top three? Not top who are the three. Top, who are the top three? Steph, Steph Kevin Durant, and uh, Giannis. Giannis. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's top five. Yeah. Oh, I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not. No, I'm not putting him top five anymore. Jokic. I'm forgetting about Jokic. How can I put him in the rating MVP, not in the top four? Jokic has to be there. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to do that. I don't know. No, Jokic is better than LeBron right now. It's that team. That team right players. now. For being, yeah, it's, it's for being hard. nine and five with no, no one else besides Jokic. No one else. Hey, Porter. Porter Junior is great. Porter Junior, he's one bag back back break away from it, like his career being over. Yeah, guys, so good. He scores. He's, he's not doesn't play defense either. Yeah, they're they're starting point guard is a guy named Campazzo. So hey, Campazzo's good. Don't, don't, he's good, don't, but he's don't disrespect him like that. He's actually good. I equate him to Matthew Delvadova. He's Dude, better than Delvadova. Delvadova's ass. Yeah, he's not good. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Yeah, was, was only dirty. somewhat decent because he was playing with LeBron. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, Composite's playing with Jokic. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I didn't I didn't mean to steal your thunder on Lakers, but I mean they suck. There's, Russell Westbrook is a is an about disaster. 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 He's phenomenal. He's in a bad system. That I guy can't... has proven his worth for like his whole career. He's a consistent okay, But he has consistently gotten worse every year. What the hell happened to his jump shot? He's hitting the fucking backboard every time he, he he shoots a ball. I will say I will always say this: like Russell Westbrook is a forty-six minute point uh, player. Per no, game. Uh, not even forty-six. Yeah, he's Dude. terrible in the clutch, but w- he can't make jump shots anymore. Yeah, what, at all. Teams defenses adapt and figure things out so easily. The second, I'm sure they already have. That's why the Lakers lose games. They probably just let. They probably don't let him get into a pick and roll with Davis. They let him sit outside. When he's off the ball, they don't have to guard him. So they're playing three. They're playing. 4v5. Why isn't there a big man coming up to set him a pick? Back, Serge Ibaka used to set him picks. Anthony Davis, stop being selfish. Play, play, give Russell something. Anthony Davis sitting there like on the high post. Oh, give me the ball, give me the ball. Anthony Davis is actually having a pretty good season so far, though. I, I will he, say. He is. Yeah, he is, but it's not team ball. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe it's not. He's the only scoring person. Dude, like, he, yeah. I, I, on an opposing team. Monk? Yeah, Malik. Yeah, but that's he's just. Nah, come on, that yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Davis is the only guy who can create his own shot right now on that team. Mello, and he doesn't create his own shot. Yeah, but Mello's mostly spot up shooting. He can if he wants to. No, nah, he can't, dude. Mello cannot create post. his own shot. 
Put him on the post, he'll do it. He'll still do it. Dude, not at this, not at any kind of efficiency that he used to do it. Not, dude, he's a Melo is just there for being a spot up shooter now in his career and getting boards, but yeah. Davis, um, don't give him that I mean, much credit. Anthony look, Davis is... If you watch these games, anytime Westbrook shoots a shot, it's wide open, and more often than not, it doesn't even hit the rim. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah. You know, he, has, he, he has the weight of like, putting like all these teams on his back, and it's kind of broken now. It's not even on his back. He's, Dude, what teams did he carry? They, they didn't go OKC? anywhere. Okay, That Durant. was 10 years ago. And he had, and he Durant. had Durant. Washington last year? Was the first Dude, he had Bill. No, no, no. It was what, then. Why are they? You know, he had Bill, and they got bounced. How soon? The first round, but no, they got through the plan, yo. They got through the plan. Anyway, um, I, I, I will point out one interesting statistic about the Lakers. So in that in the Pacific Conference, every team is uh, you know has a positive point differential on their team. Like the Golden State is scoring 33 more points. Uh, Phoenix is scoring about six more points. The Lakers are scoring three less points than their opponents per game. And they're, and they have a winning record, which is surprising. Barely. Yeah. I I think I called this out, right. That uh, LeBron Westbrook, even though it's very small sample size, LeBron Westbrook and AD together, their plus minus is flat. Yeah. He said that. Yeah. We'll see if that changes. I think LeBron said to return on Friday. So we'll see. Yeah. He ain't doing, he ain't doing that much. 80% 80% of his former self. Um, yeah, anything you want to say on Sacramento, who's actually 10th in the conference? They're in the play-in position. Not really. I mean, we'll see. I, I will say, um, who did they just beat? Oh, they, they beat Detroit. What do I Detroit sucks. So, yeah. I will say this, that, like, every day I see Tyrese Halliburton play, I yeah. regret. Why yeah. the fuck did the Pistons not pick him up? Why do we have Killian Hayes and not Tyrese Halliburton? Okay, Killian Hayes does play good defense, and I know you value he's that. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah, it's not not terrible. But look at Halliburton. He's Halliburton so good. good. Yeah, I don't know why we didn't he's take so him. So good. But I mean, were you surprised Detroit and draft picks? One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we could have picked Evan Mobley, but we got Cade. No, no, I, I love Cade. We could have had Donovan Cade. Mitchell. I love Cade. Uh, but we got who? Luke Kennard. Not bad. Not bad guy. Could have been worse. He's no. Uh, what's that guy's name that we picked? Ellenson. Henry Ellenson. Yeah. Terrible pick. Anyway, let's move off to the Southwest. Um, this is a division that just, it, it's so interesting. Every single team, except for one, scores less points than their opponent on average. Yet we have the Dallas Mavericks, who's sitting at the third in the conference at uh, nine and four. You know, they are, they're fantastic. They, Maxi Kleber's is out there, but they're still, you know, riding the Luka wave. They got some crazy games that they, um, you know, uh, they're on a two game win streak. And um, they're undefeated against their division. Um, which is, which is crazy. I mean, the division's not great, but, you know, they, they haven't lost a single game against Memphis, San Antonio, New Orleans, or Houston. Um, the one interesting stat is, like, I look at these differentials when I look at statistics, and I look at, all right, comparative to your opponent, how well or how much more, how much less um, do you do a certain thing? They're negative in all their differentials, so points per game, rebounds per game, anything like that, except for personal fouls, steals, which they're, they're averaging maybe 0.1% steal more than their opponent and blocks the blocks are flat. So this team, it makes no sense why they're winning. They're not doing anything statistically significant, but the Luca wave just carries them. Moving to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, they're scoring 3.6 points less than their opponents. And they're standing at 500, seven and seven. Uh, they had, uh, they, they were on a pretty bad losing streak until they were on a three game losing streak until they won their last game recently. 
Uh, but pretty much the story there is Ja just has way too much on him. Ja is doing everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. They have a young core. I mean, they, they're one of the best young cores in the game with Ja, um, Xavier Tillman, uh, Triple J, uh, Brandon Clark. Um, you know, they have a lot. But I don't know. It's just not, it's not gelling right now and it'll need some work. They'll probably be in a playing position at the end of the year. San Antonio, the weirdest team. I don't get this at all. San Antonio is the only team in this division that scores more points than their opponents. They are averaging 110 points per game. Their opponents are averaging 109. DeJounte Murray is doing, like, he's doing everything. He is the team. Yeah, he's leading in points. He's leading in uh, everything besides statistics. Or besides um, blocks, he's leading in assists, in steals, in points, in rebounds, everything. The, also, the other crazy thing about San Antonio is they have seven players averaging double digits. They're making the, they have the fifth best field goal percentage in the league. And they have the, like one of the top 10 three-point percentages in the league, but they're not shooting them. So this team is, is, is very efficient, very good. They're just not doing anything with it. Like they just need more volume of like doing those things well. And I think this team's a sneaky position to get into the playing tournament. Uh, the last two teams, I don't need, I think we need to say much. Nola. <laughs> Nothing. Awful. Two and thirteen. Um, they uh, Zion's not back. Although he's coming back. Uh, he's returning to full contact soon. So the round mound of rebound version two might be coming back soon. And then the last team is you know I am rooting for their demise. I hate this team. Uh, is the Houston Rockets? Um, they're on a, a twelve game losing streak now. Uh, Jalen Green is one of the least efficient players in terms of player efficiency ratings in pretty much the whole league. What is that? Uh, Jalen Green. No, no, what, what is this P, uh, PER? Uh, I think it, last time I checked, it was like 7.4. It might be even oh lower God. now. Uh, let me let me see. Uh, right now, Jalen Green's uh, PER is, where is it? Ah, 6.9. That's it's awful. It's awful. Really bad. Wow. It's awful. Um, they are averaging uh, more turnovers than assists in a game. Um, it is. Uh, oh, the, are we talking about the Rockets? Yeah. yeah. Amazing, amazing. It, That's it so beautiful. funny. You know, you say Dude. that I don't want to work play for Detroit, and you go to that shit team in Houston, and serves <laughs> you right, serves you right, Jalen. You know, I hope for your demise. Dude, uh, is John Wall still a player? Like, is he still on that he, team? He's just not. They're not playing him because they're trying to trade him. Exactly. Oh Poor guy. It's, it's a reverse Ben Simmons effect. Dude, yeah. John, the team he, actively doesn't dude. want him to play. Dude, John Wall got hoed. He uh he went down there and he was supposed to play with uh Oladipo, Oladipo. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. He traded Oladipo like in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and like there was literally no one there for him. It was supposed to be like the resurgence of his career. That team was actually stacked at some point. Dude, Christian Wood, John Wall, Oladipo. Um yeah. who, who I else did like they have? Christian, uh, yeah, no, right. they had some shooters too. Yeah, yeah. Eric Gordon, like, dude. And that team is still there. Yeah. He's the next one to go. Eric Gordon. Yeah. He's going to be. Wait, why not? Why, I don't understand why they're not just giving him to the Sixers and getting Ben Simmons. I don't think Daryl Morey wants to make that trade. Plus, Daryl Morey, there's some history with Houston and Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey used to be in Houston. They yeah, fired yeah. him, went to the Sixers. So I think one thing that has been rumored is Daryl Morey will, will refuse to make a trade with Houston because of that. Uh, you know, are, are you kidding me? Game. He could just poison Houston that way as the ultimate. Yeah. Retribution by giving him Ben Simmons. I think mean, he just won't even pick up the phone with them. It, yeah. There's some bad blood there. Yeah, a lot of salt. Yeah, but that pretty much rounds out the NBA right now. You know, the one good salt, so- like you know, the Pistons are sucking. The Golden State's back to the usual thing. But the one sauce I have in this whole league is that 
you know, Jalen Green sucks. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. But speaking of players sucking, players doing well, the value of players. Um, Neil, you do some pretty interesting research on this stuff, and you have some pretty interesting statistics to tell us about on uh, player value. Yes. So I do have uh, a little program that basically takes uh, all the player salaries, annual salary, uh, their PER, and uh, through a little bit of calculation, I get a PER per dollar. Uh, so, you know, who, which teams have, you know, really high value players, players that are contributing and don't cost them an arm and a leg. Um, let's go with the worst ones first. Uh, <laughs> I think we can all guess who the absolute by a mile absolute worst PER per dollar player in the league is Westbrook. Yeah. Hey, Westbrook. Yeah. It is not even close. The number two is so far below or i guess ahead it's absurd what's westbrook's plus minus on the year westbrook's plus minus is oh man i don't even know but his per is uh is 14.9 this year he's a career 23 per wow only blame lebron for that the guy lebron's (laughs) not playing with him (laughs) i'm playing with that team (laughs) <laughs> I'm not blaming Westbrook for this. The guy is shooting 43% from the field, which is probably because he's mostly taking layups. And the only shots he's missing is the ones that he bricks. Uh, he's shooting 29% from three, 68% from the free throw, PER of 14.9, averaging 19, 8, and 8. Uh, it's, it's laughable. That 19, 8, and 8 is so deceiving if you yeah. also have, like, five turnovers a game. Yeah, five turnovers a game. It's... I want to know what his plus minus is. Negative 4.7. <laughs> he's yeah. ranked in fantasy basketball. He's ranked uh, 11th at his position, which, I mean, out of 30 teams in the league, 11th is not great. No. That's oh, surprising. Man. I thought there would have been more. I thought he would have been even worse than 11th at point guard. And look, maybe it's it's he's number one on the list because his, his, his contract is way too high. I feel like we've shit on Westbrook enough. What uh, what, that what are some hey, of the guy, other? My brother, I'm defending Westbrook. Second worst in the league is uh, Damian Lillard. Man, that sucks. Yeah, I mean, look at his stats. He's he's averaging under thirty percent from three. He's not scoring nearly as much as he was last year. He's, I think, yeah. Um, Any part of the Billups effect? Maybe. What is the Billups effect? I I haven't, like, just because Portland is such a forgettable team, like, I actually haven't been following Billups's uh, So, I watched a couple games with them, and they're saying that, like, Portland's actually pretty good on defense now, like, middle of the road, even though they don't have much. Mm -hmm. But they put a lot more of emphasis on defense. With that being said, their offense is, I I don't know what their offense is. It's just, like, sit there, wait, like, uh, pass it around the perimeter and wait for Oler to eventually shoot a three. Yep, mm-hmm. um, to hit a mid-range or something. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not great. But defense, I, I guess they're putting emphasis on defense because their team is have been so poor defensively historically. Yeah. Um, but it's still a cause for concern. Yeah. Uh, third worst, I probably wouldn't put too much emphasis on this because they're really injured, but uh, Drew Holiday on the yeah, Bucks. Not, not his fault. And he has a pretty high contract. Yeah. His, his efficiency is on the defensive side. Yeah, yep. Uh, so does your um sorry I'm, I'm gonna cut you off real quick but does your um uh your model does it take into account defense or is it just purely offensive it's just, rating? It's just it's just per okay that includes defense I think. It includes defense yep. yeah yep uh Kemba Walker at fourth 
it's not surprising. He's never really been much of an efficient player anyway, and he does have a big contract, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's surprising. I mean, he's playing on a playoff team. Yeah. Uh, Who's fifth? And where is Kevin uh, Kevin Love on this? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's played a game this season. Ah, undefined. Fifth is James Harden, which is not surprising. He is yeah. averaging, um, I'll tell you right now, this season, he's 19, 7, and 9, uh, shooting 40% from three, 43% from the field. Uh, but he's averaging almost, he's averaging five turnovers a game, which is pretty high for his standards. Yeah. He's kind of figure out how to play the point guard position. He's not natural for him. And like Monica, you said earlier about like, is he playing himself into shape? He's playing himself into point guard shape because he's not meant to be doing this stuff. He's meant to be flopping and flailing and getting yeah. getting at the free throw line yeah not happening um so he has to become you know a point guard which is lean mean um you know snaky and yeah. you know a more leaner shape and he's just I not mean, there yet his per is also effective I mean, he doesn't play we all know he doesn't play defense and if he wants to yeah, but he never he rarely yeah. wants to and i've been hearing rumblings that like the new jersey sorry not new jersey brooklyn nets uh they're uh steve nash for being who Steve Nash is, is actually putting a little bit more emphasis on defense. Like he wants them to play hard defense. He's like pushing them in, in practices yeah. and stuff. So it's only been with four weeks, five weeks now. Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, next, the next few I'll name, because some of them make sense. D'Angelo Russell makes sense. Yep. And rules are an awful team. Bradley Beal is a little surprising. After His contract's so high. Contract is, yeah, ridiculously high. And he does take a lot of shots, uh, I guess. Um, Chris Miller has to. Yeah, Chris Middleton's injury. I don't even know how many games he's played anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Gordon Hayward. Oh, that's injury. surprising. Injury. Yeah. No, he's been playing, he's, right? Isn't he on load management a little bit? Or Maybe. is he playing every game? Maybe. I don't know. How many minutes does he get? But that guy's like solid for 18, 6, and 6. Yeah, like I mean, every game. He's solid for them, but he might he might be doing pretty inefficient. Let me see. Gordon Hayward. Um. He this season is 18, 5, and 3, PER of 15.5. So it's a little less than what he usually is. So yeah, he must be shooting pretty. He's 48% from the field. Um oh, actually pretty decent stats. He's kind of turning the ball over. He's probably not playing a lot of defense either. Neil, let me ask you this. What is the average PER across the league? Like what what's the yeah. that's like or what's a good benchmark for? Yeah, I'm I'm curious to hear that. Isn't it 15? Let's see. Yeah, league average PR is almost always 15. Yeah. Average. Yeah. But he's he's oh. not supposed to be an average player, right? Like he's a he's a third option on a playoff team. Well, yeah, yeah third option. I mean, on this team I put him as the second option. Like Lamelo because he's in offense, I think he is the second most proven offensive scorer. Yeah. Um and Lamelo's not even that proven in the playoffs yet, but yeah, I guess yeah, Lamelo's yeah, first. He's uh, second. After Gordon Hayward is Kyle Lowry. Oh, that's interesting. I think that's the factor of his yeah. contract. His, his contract. Yeah, I mean that's probably age and minutes too. Um, I don't know because I feel like he has actually been pretty useful for the Heat this season, given his like his control of the offense and the pace of it. Yeah, but. Uh, I guess, you know, just not at the same sort of caliber player that he was a few years ago. Yeah. 
Uh, next up, De'Aaron Fox. Kings aren't good. Uh, he's probably trying to do everything for that team anyway. He has, yeah. a, big, uh, he has a big contract. Too. Didn't he just sign the rookie yeah, extension? Yeah, so he has... He's getting uh, 28 mil a year. Yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> LeBron's next, but I think he's only played four. Damn straight LeBron's next. He's Damn straight. He's an efficient player. Does not deserve to be in the league. <laughs> he, does turn the ball, he does turn the ball over. A lot. Season. A lot this season. Yeah. Biggest waste of money in the league, LeBron James. <laughs> uh, Andrew Wiggins next, which is a little little spreading, but he has yeah, he's had a good season. Yeah. Well, he's had a good game. I don't know about a good season yet. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, what's we... funny about this is that uh, like LeBron traded Andrew Wiggins for his Kevin Love experiment and all that stuff, and look at and- Andrew Wiggins, less inefficient than LeBron so far. <laughs> This season with the small sample size, you know what? I'm taking sauce to this. And Andrew Wiggins is getting his revenge on Big Brown Bond. The rest of the worst people are mainly because of uh, fat contracts and them being the best player on the team, so they're doing everything. So I won't okay. get into that. Uh, let's for the for for the best uh, per best value players. Is, the number one is surprising. It's Jalen Brunson. He's got a rookie, like a really, really rookie contract or something. It might maybe. be. Let's yeah. see his salary. Uh, he's getting paid eighteen. No, he's getting paid one point eight a year. Yeah, that's a that's yeah. better in men. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, him. It's it's him and Melo that round out the top because of better in men's. But still, I mean, pro- I mean, these are probably like what this stat is probably going to tell you are the players that you want to sign in free agency yeah. as like your last. Yeah, the last bit of money that you have before you hit your cap, like here are the guys that you want to sign. Yep. Yeah. If we're playing Moneyball here, yeah, these are the people. Like, if you want to replace a Jeremy Grant, for example, with a bunch of you know small money signings, there yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah, there are. Um, I wanted to include the rookies on this just to say that there are three Thunder players. Obviously, they're all on rookie contracts, but there are three players on this list, which is telling me that OKC in like five years is going to be scary. Well, they got to kind of find their identity. They're still like... Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're building around SGA. He was also on this list. Oh, he's not one of the three? No, he is. He's on the okay. list. So yeah. is it him? Uh, is it Louis Dort? Yep. And is the third one going to be... Uh, don't say Giddy. Darius. Uh, ba- oh, Dar- uh, Basley? Yeah, yeah, Basley. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but who's list, the though, biggest? Um, who's the biggest? Like you know, player that has like a decent amount of salary that's like, the most efficient. Decent salary? Oh, actually, Luca. Man, isn't yeah. Luca? Is Luca? Did he sign his extension yet? Yeah, he's getting paid a, uh, a lot. I'm pretty okay. sure. Not a lot, but it's a it's a rookie extension, right? Yeah. 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 So it's it's ten milli, ten ten point two. Wait, but he didn't sign it yet, did he? I, I thought know. he was saying he's going to sign it. Did he actually sign it? Not entirely sure. I think this is still his rookie. He's a first-round pick. He's going to get paid a lot, but yeah. um, I think this still might be his rookie deal. That probably might be it. I mean, he's the highest-paid highest paid player on this list. On the list of efficiency? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so not even Trey Young? Some, nope. Wow. Trey Young's not, not that efficient of a, of, a, of a player. Not this year. He also was a terrible defender. Oh, yeah. Luca's not that great as a defender. He's a good yeah. fowler, but I don't know about defending. Um, some some notable rookies on this list. Yeah, I know their contracts are small, but still impressive. Uh, Mitchell Robinson on the Knicks. 
Cook. That's an interesting one. The yeah. guy, I mean, the guy, the guy's a rebound machine. Yeah, that's probably Terrence it. Mann. And, and he blocks. He plays. I mean, that guy plays good defense too. Yeah, Terrence Mann. That's not surprising. He's great. That guy's a CPR machine of the yeah. LA Clippers. You, yeah. see, you remember that performance he had in the playoffs last year? Yeah. 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 Jordan Poole's obviously on the list. Um, yeah, fuck him. We got Sadiq on the list. Got to represent. Um. Tyler Hero this season makes sense, right? I mean, he's playing really well. Yeah. Miles Bridges, Franz Wagner. <laughs> of all people, Montrez Harrell and George Hill are on the list. Why is that? They, of all they know what they're doing. They understand yeah. the assignment. They, they, yeah. they know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. In yeah. Those teams. yeah. Yeah, for sure. LaMelo Ball, Mikael Bridges, uh, Finney Smith. All, all, all Dorian, Dorian Finney Smith. Yeah, Dorian Finney Smith, yeah. Yeah, Scotty Barnes. <laughs> Mo Bamba's really low, actually. He's not that good. Mo Bamba's having a comeback here this year. Yeah, he he's yeah. This year is the year for him. And a uh, actually, Seth Curry's salary isn't that high, uh, but he's on the list as well. Seth. Okay. Yep. So if you're saying if we're if we're gonna do a money ball, like, so that we get control of an NBA team, like an expansion team, say we get the Seattle SuperSonics next year and we get them back, and we're we're the GMs. The, like that team, like the value teams that you have, those are the players we should target. So our starting yeah. point guards gonna be Jalen Brunson. Our um, our shooting guards gonna be uh, you know Dorian Finney-Smith or Seth, but yeah, or Seth, yeah, or even SGA. Yeah, we're gonna fill out with uh, Basley and uh, Louis Dort and our wings, and then pick up uh, you know Mitchell Robinson or Mo Bamba as our center, and then have uh, Carmelo's geriatric off the bench. Yeah, we could have that. I mean, isn't he is he efficient? Is he on that list? Efficiency? Yeah, he's number two. It's because he's shooting well. He's shooting well thus far. And he doesn't need telling, to do much. Yeah, I was telling Neil, like, dude, there's going to be nights where he goes one for nine. And he just yeah. can't do anything. And he's going to have two points or zero points or whatever. He surprisingly makes yeah. the big shots that matter, though, like in the fourth. Like, just out of nowhere. That's dude, what he's meant Neil, to do. Talk to me when they have 50 wins. <laughs> if you're still saying that, I'll feel better. If they have 50 wins. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that's, that's crazy. Um, I mean, this is a really good thing about like, you know, if you wanted to go a money ball route and try and build a team like this, what you have built is a really good program for that. If you have one, one superstar, you take this, uh, this efficiency list and get your pieces. Yeah. LeBron learn, go, <laughs> go hire Neil to, you know, Neil, hire clutch Neil, or whatever. Neil, Billy Bean, Bhattacharya. <laughs> but man hey i'm so happy lebron's on that list is a negative man there's it's a one you you know statistics better than me it's small sample size yeah i don't care any solace i get to hate that guy uh yeah the rookie the rookies on this is a good transition to corner yeah yeah so um you know the rookies this year the top two rookies this year were kate cunningham and jalen green but when we look at rookie the rankings the, the guy stealing all the attention is Evan Mobley, the third pick He's out of like... USC. So every week, Kia, uh, so Kia and NBA, they have a sponsorship. And Kia releases rankings of the rookie ladder and who are the top, you know, they go, I think they go to the top five, top 10 rookies. And then um, I picked out a couple notable ones that we can talk about, but they, they release the rankings and they determine our based on points per game and how well you do, like how likely are you to become the rookie of the year? So the number one rookie right now is um, Evan Mobley. Can you guys guess who number two is? Scotty. Scotty Barnes, yeah. Number three and number four are very surprising, given the fact that, you know, one of them was kind of unknown. The second one is someone we've hated, or you guys have hated, 
for quite a bit. So number three is Chris Buarte out of Indiana, uh, the Oregon guy who I was, I mean, look at two podcasts ago. I was talking about this guy is going to be good. He's going to be good. Uh, but he's number three. Number four is Franz Wagner. Um, so all wow. these players. Um, so uh, Evan Mobley, he's averaging 15.8 rebounds, uh, 2.5 assists. Scotty Barnes, 16 points or 16.6 points, eight rebounds and two assists. You know, very similar statistics. Chris Duarte, 16 points, four rebounds, two assists. Franz Wagner, 13.7 points, four rebounds, two assists. So two assists is pretty standard across rookies yeah. right now. But these are, and there's a third pick, the fourth pick, the 13th pick, and the eighth pick. Nowhere in there are the top two picks in the, top, in the rookie rankings. Number five is an OKC guy, Josh Giddy, the Australian dude. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 10 points, six rebounds, and six assists. Pretty good. Six pick, six pick overall. Where do you think Jalen Green's ranking is? Like, how many have we gone through? We've gone through five. Eight? He's he, almost. He's six. Okay. Kate is seven. Yeah. So Jalen Green's averaging 13.6 points, three rebounds, uh, uh, three rebounds, three assists. Cade Cunningham is averaging 10.8 points, five or six rebounds, three assists. But take that with a grain of salt. Cade Cunningham didn't have a preseason and has played much less games than all these guys. Yeah. And Cade's coming off a 25, eight and eight performance, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think he's, he's slowly going to rise up. There. Yeah. He'll get there. He'll get there. But his efficiency is still pretty bad. Yeah, it is. The one player that, again, like like Chris Duarte, this guy I've been very high on, and I, I'm, I think he's a dark host, not to win Rookie of the Year, but in, to be all rookie first team, is Alfred Sengun from Turkey. So Alfred Sengun, coming into this draft, was the most efficient player in the league. And if, he, if, we, if we ranked, the, if we had the draft, and we had fantasy draft purely based on efficiency ranking, Alfred Sengun would be the, 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 the far away number one pick. He was so much more efficient and analytically better than any other player. It wasn't even close. Granted, he's playing in the Turkish league, but still, it says something. The guy's international experience. He was the 16th pick, and uh, his per 36 statistics are one of the highest in the leagues. Uh, it's much higher than Jalen Green, and you know, that guy can, the guy can ball. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a big guy, but he can play from the outside, and he's one of the most efficient players. So that's what Kia has ranked up as their, you know, their best rookies. I went through and did like, yeah, I have a, I have a stats subscription. I was going through creating some cuts and looking at, all right, who do I think are the best, most efficient rookies and the best rookies. So I was looking at win shares. So win shares uh, calculated by looking at, you know, the estimated number of wins that a player offers to a team. So if I had, to, if I was doing the money ball, how many wins would I get by adding this player into the lineup compared to another player? So in terms of win share, Evan Mobley is giving you 1.5 win share. His win share is 1.5 wins. Scotty Barnes is number two at 1.1. Number three is a very interesting player from Denver. I don't know if you guys know the rookie from Denver. Do you guys know who he is? No. His name is Bones Highland. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sounds yeah, like, yeah. Sounds like a wrestler. He's got, he's got some crazy handles. Yeah. Bones like- Highland, uh, he's the 25th pick from uh, VCU. Um, you know, he is, he's fantastic. He's offering 0.6 win share. Yeah. Point guard. Yep. Um, you know, he's averaging what, how many, uh, his PER is 17, much it's higher than, um, higher than the uh, league average. Yeah. Um, he's, he's good. He's good. Um, 
The, uh, the fourth person is Franz Wagner. He's uh, offering 0.6, just like Bowen Thailand. Wow. Bowen Thailand, that's going to be my favorite player. He, yeah. <laughs> he better win Rookie of the Year just so I can say Bowen Thailand won the Rookie of the Year. <laughs> uh, and then number five is Alfred Sengun. Wow. Alfred Sengun, I'm telling you, this guy, watch out for him. He's going to be in the first team all rookie uh, team this year. Sure he will be. Uh... Now, going on the bottom end, who offers the least win share? Jalen Green. Jalen no, Jalen Suggs offers the least. He's at negative one right now. Yeah, Number that's surprising. Was, yeah. I was high on him. I, it's not – I think it's a fact that the team is rebuilding, so he, he's allowed to make mistakes his first yeah. year, just kind of figure it out. It's – it's yeah, his PER is not great either. Uh, it's five. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man, that is bad. It's not great. Um, it could be worse. I mean, Cameron Thomas is negative 0.8. I didn't even know PR could be negative. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, Cameron Thomas is negative 0.8 when a PR. I had no idea I can go below one. I didn't know either, but he must be so inefficient that. <laughs> um, but he's also offering negative 0.1. So yeah, Jalen Suggs is offering the um, the lowest win share. Jalen Green is offering negative 0.7 win share. And his PR, we already covered is 6.9 trade away. Uh, but <sighs> not great. Not great. Cade Cunningham, it, 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 again, Cade Cunningham is a skewed statistic right now. So when we, however we cut this up and look at this, like Cade Cunningham is going to be a skewed statistic, but his win share is right now is negative 0.4. However, his PER, I looked at it before, it was pretty bad. Uh, right now it's at 8.6. So it's creeping up. It's creeping up slowly. It'll slowly go up, yeah. yeah. He just needs to hit his shots. I think uh, his field goal percentage is terrible. And that, you know, that contributes that's, to that's, negative win share and contrib- yeah. contributes to negative PER. But it'll go up, it'll go up, um, and um, we'll see. We'll see. I think Cade Cunningham still will be a rookie of the year candidate. He'll be in the top three at the end of the year, but um, we just got to see. But this leads me to ask you guys. So we're right now four, uh, four weeks into the season, five weeks now. So we have the top rookies. I kind of listed them off statistically. But who do you think is going to be rookie of the year? Mobley. Mobley? I think Mobley is easier they're, the front runner. They're winning games. They're in the top eight in the East. He's – He's like one of the most important players on that team already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mobley. The only thing about Mobley is like that team is to continue winning. If yeah, you're, you're, Colin Sexton, the year he came into the league, was looking fantastic his first yeah. few games. Then they realized, you know, Colin Sexton is kind of crazy. He doesn't pass the ball. Yeah, all he does is shoot. Like stats are very, um, we, you know, they're very. It's just stats are, like causation of stats doesn't mean correlation, or correlation to stats doesn't mean causation. Yeah. So. Uh, we don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to be a hater on uh, Evan Mobley right now, just because he's a key of the front runner. I like playing devil's advocate, but uh, yeah, even I have to say Evan Mobley's probably going to win it. I hope Bones Highland wins it or Scotty Barnes. <laughs> just so you can Highland. say his name. Yeah. Bones Highland would be so cool. Um, I, I have a feeling that Cade will pull up in the very end. I think so too. Might I be think... too little too late though. I mean, we, he's not going to win it just because we're not going to win games, but you never know. You never know. If if he repeats his performance every single game throughout, then that that's it. He's he's the, he's got to be the rookie of the year because yeah. that's putting the team on your back, giving them some positive yeah. wins. Uh, I think Cade has a chance. Um, but yeah, right now it's Evan Mobley's to lose, and yeah. same with uh, Scotty Barnes. They're they're the top two. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you this though. So we have a rookie of the year right now. I mean, this is just one year. But Michael Carter Williams won rookie of the year one year, and then ended up not doing anything for the rest of his career. So, which which rookie right now do you think is going to have the best career? Oh, uh, man. Honestly, 
I mean, I'm going to put throw Cade in there because he, he already looks pretty poised, has a good head on his shoulders. He knows how to play defense. He doesn't get – he's mature. And he's, and he's at the most important position too yeah. for his yeah. team. Um, that being yeah. said, I mean, I think Jalen, Jalen Green's ceiling might be higher, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to have a better career. I'd probably go with Cade. You'd say Cade? Yeah. All That's right. not to say I don't think I, I think Mobley's gonna have a great career too with the way he's playing. So who knows? I'm gonna give you an interesting one. I'm gonna say, and just because due to value, because Kane was number one, Mobley was three, Jalen was two. So they, you expect them to be the, the, yeah. the expectation is they must be at least multiple All NBA first teamers. Yeah, and at, at, at best they have to be. I mean, LeBron James, essentially. Yeah. Like, Cade is supposed to be LeBron James. That's yeah. that's our hope for him. That's what we expect Cade Cunningham to be. I don't think anyone else expects that. Well, as no, as I, I the three of us. Well, when I, when I say LeBron James, it's not like like LeBron, as in, like, yeah. dominant for that. Like, you have to be yeah, that yeah. point. You lead your team for the to franchise. The land. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You lead your team to the promised land. And so, like, Evan Mobley's expected to do that. Cade Cunningham's expected to do that. And Jalen Green, never going to do that. But, you know, they're expecting him to do that. I'm going to say Alfred Sangoon. This, this guy I'm high on was expected to be a high role player, but he might be. I mean, the guy looks like a little bit like Dirk Nowitzki a bit, like a little bit of a defensive game. That guy could be the guy that, you know, wasn't a top pick. He's like Giannis, 13th pick. I think Giannis is 13th pick that year and ended up becoming yeah. or 15th pick. Yeah. Anyway, 13 yeah. to 15th pick ended up becoming um, the greatest player in the NBA right now yeah. of, of the current era. Um, I have a feeling that Sangoon could be one of those guys. I have a feeling that um, Jonathan Kaminga was underrated. He could be one of those guys. And, um, you know, I, I have a feeling it's going to be one of those, like one of these mid-table players that wasn't picked early. Uh, but with the right team around them, with the expectations of like, hey, you're expected to be a role player. But if you're going to go with value add based on what we bought you for, I think it's going to be Singuner, um, you know, uh, Chris Duarte. This could be another one. Yeah. So that's my pick for best career. I want to look. I, I'm going to look at the uh, the last few. Look at the. I know Lamelo won it, and he's looking. Yeah, Lamelo won it last or last year. The year before that was um, uh, John Morant. The year That's before great. that was um, Luca. Luca. Oh, yeah, before Luka that was Ben Simmons, but that was controversial. Like because yeah, he, it should have been uh, Donovan Mitchell. We're going to say it's Donovan Mitchell. It's yeah. not Ben Simmons. Yeah. Uh, Brogdon, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins. Really, it's it's. Carl Anthony Towns should have won it. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns should not have won the Rookie of the Year that year. Who who was he? Uh, who was he against? I think it was a. Uh, I forget. But everyone I on this everyone on this list is pretty good right now, except for Carter Williams. From twenty eleven onwards. Yeah, but you know, we we look at Carl Anthony Towns right now. We say like. He didn't live up to his potential. I would say he didn't live up to his potential because that team has not gone anywhere for him. Like he didn't yeah. lead his team to victory. Yeah, but he's, um, not, he's, he's not working with much. I mean, he's averaging 23 points a game and shooting they gave him percent from the three. They gave him Butler one year. They gave him Butler. They gave him Levine for a while. They had uh, they had a team. They had a really good team. They had Tibbs as a coach. Yeah. He had a squad. He's just not – he's not good. The guy just doesn't want to I – mean, he's good offensively, just doesn't want to play defense. But the expectation for the number one picker for a rookie is you're going to lead your team to being exponentially better. Yeah. So I just don't see it. Um, so, yeah, we'll see who has the best career. I, I think Cade has promised. I think Mobley definitely has promised. But um, we're going to see. 
I think uh, we may have slept on Mobley. As a Pistons fan, we may have slept on Mobley a little bit. But that's all I have to say about the rookies. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see where things go. But uh, we have a nice, interesting topic to wrap up today. Yeah. So I feel like you know we've had a pretty intellectual discussion so far around stats. Who's PER? You know, it, it is for the best bang for your buck. Um, what 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 a win shares look like? Now let's just go full stupid and talk about the best fights in the NBA particularly because of the Jokic and Markeith Morris incident that took place in, uh, in, in last week's matchup between the, the Nuggets and the, uh, and the Bulls. Um, so during the, uh, during the game, uh, Markeith Morris stuck his uh, hand out to follow, follow Jokic on a half-court heave. And uh, during that moment, he did it in a way that was a little distasteful, just given that Jokic was in the act of shooting he was exposed, and uh, Markeith delivered a little bit of a blow here. Uh, in retaliation, Jokic, which is, seemed very uncharacteristic, came out of nowhere and literally lowered the shoulder and hit Markeith from behind, knocking him to the ground. Obviously, this caused a big stir on the bench. Both benches got riled up. Jimmy Butler was saying words. There's tweets uh, after the game with Jokic's own brothers that were going after the Morris twins and, and the other Morris brother Marcus was coming after Jokic so definitely a heated moment in the NBA but got me thinking on what are some of the best fights that we've seen and I think number one we all know what it is in in, yeah. uh, in our near and dear childhood um, but let, let's talk about some of the other names or other fights that are out there in terms of NBA notorious moments well, well, well let, let me first clarify so this fight that happened more not kind of sugarcoated it a little bit. Markeith Morris gave a hard hit. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't a knife. it was a dirty, dirty yeah. hit to Jokic. It was, I mean, if you look at all the players that came out after, like, yeah, that was a dirty play. And Jokic retaliated with dirtiness. So yeah, it was it was a bad uh hit by Jokic, but it was warranted. It was so warranted. Yeah, I mean. Look, like these things get us riled up nowadays because th- these fights just don't happen that much anymore. Like people talk shit still, and and that'll still happen. But y- the days of Bill Lambeer just elbowing people in midair, Rick Mahorn uh, just knocking the shit out of out of the the ninety, you know, the nineties Bulls, Michael Jordan. Uh, those days are not gone, but they're definitely more muted. They're kind of gone. Yeah. I mean, there's no one hates each other anymore. Like people just like say like like look at Draymond and Kevin Durant like if, if this was the 90s or the early time like early um 80s 90s they would never talk to each other ever again they would hate each other forever but now they're all made up they're friends people like this is an industry of players rather than like rivalries and teams so you're never going to see that kind of hate and distaste unlike like unless you see these random moments but I guarantee like a month or two from now Markeith and uh Jokic are going to be like oh yeah it happened yeah, that's the thing. The weird thing is, like, nowadays there's so much player movement that they all start playing together too, right? Like, dude, Rondo's had beef with so many players. Rondo and Westbrook are, are on the same team now. When two years ago during the bubble, his brother was talking mad shit to, to Westbrook and Westbrook wanted to fight him outside. Yep. So, you know, now he's his backup point guard. Like, it's it, you're right. The culture has changed. It's a player's organization now where they all put the beef aside. But that being said, that being said, what are some of your guys' most memorable fights that you've seen on, on TV? Didn't Shaq and Barkley fight? 
Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Um, the one fight that I thought was uh, pretty clown was I think it was Carmelo and Dude, Nuggets and Knicks. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Carmelo Nuggets. and uh, who was on the uh, on the uh, Dude, JR JR Smith was uh, JR Smith. Yep. J- well, was JR Smith on on the Nuggets at that point? He was on the uh, Nuggets, right? Yeah, he retaliated. It was someone else, uh, Carmelo. Who was it that? Uh, yeah, I, but that one was vicious because like AI was also there too. Um, that's a pretty stacked uh, Nuggets team, by the way. Oh yeah, I mean half that team went to the. Uh, I think uh, Chauncey was on that team. Uh, yeah. Okay, so, so the fight began when uh, a flagrant foul by Knicks guard Marty Collins on uh, Nuggets guard J.R. Smith. Oh uh, yeah, because so, it was on a fast break, and then he took him into the into the crowd, right? Yep. Yep. I mean, yeah. Uh, Carmelo came in. Um, there's a punch thrown, right? Yep. As Smith stood over, uh, Smith stood to confront Collins. Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson. That's the guy who came in. <laughs> Nate Robinson pulled Smith away and began shouting at, uh, shouting at uh, Marty Collins. Then David Lee. I don't know if you guys remember him. Yeah, I remember uh, David. He's yeah. a big guy. He's, He's a big, big guy. Dude. He tried to hold Jr. back, but uh, Jr. Smith broke uh, free and started charging at Nate Robinson. So Nate Robinson and Jr. Smith are fighting, and then Melo comes in. And he hit the sucker punch, right? Uh, yeah. Carmelo Anthony sucker punches Marty Collins, knocking him to the ground. And Jared Jeffries, who uh, was a role player back in the day, he comes in and tries to attack Carmelo, but then Marcus Camby trips him. <laughs> but yeah, that fight, I remember that. That, that was an insane fight. Yeah. Not as good a... as the Pistons one, but... Oh, yeah. No, definitely not. But I'm talking about the, about the number two uh through number 10 fights but i would say uh the other one that comes to mind is the the larry johnson alonzo morning fight where oh, yeah. jeff van gundy was just hanging yeah. on for dear life yeah, <laughs> got trampled yep yeah there that was, was one... a... go ahead no, no, no i was gonna say that was a wild one for sure because the coaches got involved yeah yeah that was a. Uh... yeah i remember that because that, that's like on espn classic when espn classic still existed like they used to always show that yeah yeah, but some of the Shaq ones are good. I mean, some of the disrespect that Shaq put on was uh, was just too funny. Where where he dunks and then he uh, you're we saying it's Chris Mullins, right? Yep. No, it was uh oh, oh what was his name? Uh, not Chris Mullins. Shaq. What was his name? Uh, Chris Dudley. Chris Dudley. Yeah, he just dunks on him and pushes him into the crowd. Oh, and he threw the ball at him after. That was uh, that was some funny shit for sure. And then like, Shaq didn't even like like he was gonna come after him. He was like, "All right, I'm gonna kill you." If that happens. Well, that that reminds me. Remember when uh, Austin Rivers he uh, threw the ball at LeBron's head during yeah. that series with the Lakers and uh, and the Rockets, and then LeBron looked at him like he was literally about to kick his ass, and then Austin <laughs> Rivers was like, "No, no, no, no." Just got, do dude, you don't know that man, Le- no, LeBron. Dude, you don't know that. He's too scared about his image. Like, if LeBron does that, his image... Yeah, he would, never, he would never do that, obviously, because yeah. he's a smart player. But, eh. dude... He, he's a vain I, player. <laughs> like, if you put KD in that situation, KD would do it. KD would KD never would, fight, dude. KD, KD, KD doesn't never, fight. KD's one of the softest... Are you kidding me? No, no, no. KD, KD is soft. KD Get gets into stuff. <laughs> KD and Russ almost <laughs> they kicked each other's... But they didn't do anything. They, he, they just talk. They talk. They won't touch each other. Katie wouldn't Katie fight, man. Katie wouldn't Katie fight. Katie wouldn't fight also because he's smart. He's not an idiot. Yeah. 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 He, has, he has some heart in the game. 
I'm surprised Russ hasn't fought yet. I feel like he has. I feel he, like he definitely has like, scuffles. He definitely yeah, has scuffles. These days, no talk. one's throwing punches anymore. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I think definitely there was one not. punch. Uh, like Montrez Harold got in a fight. I think a couple years ago, in Toronto. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But that that was like a punch punch. I was like Montrez and Surge maybe. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And, and Surge Ibaka, he'll still throw a punch every yeah. now and then. That's probably why he's in the G League right now. Because remember, I remember Ron Artest did an accidental elbow to James Harden when he was celebrating. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Got suspended for and, it. And he, he swung. He swung. Level. I don't know how accidental it was. Probably, he probably swung. It's Ron Artest we're talking about. Yeah. It's all calculated. And cast James Harden. But nothing. Well, I will say so. The ESPN Classic sometimes has this, but uh, I don't know if you guys remember Rudy Tomjanovic. Mm-hmm. Rudy Tomjanovic was the. He's from Michigan actually, uh, but he was the coach of the Houston Rockets and the LA Lakers for a while. But, um, you know, when he was, he was number two pick overall. Uh, in 1977, uh, there was a, a game between the Los Angeles Lakers and who was, I think, the Houston Rockets. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Los, Los Angeles Lakers and Houston Rockets. And Rita Mianovich, um, there was an incident, and he punched this guy named Kermit Washington uh, after something happened. Kermit, sorry, Rudy Tomjanovich and Kurt, uh, Kirby, um, Kermit Washington were getting in a fight, and Kurt, uh, Kermit Washington sucker punches Tomjanovich and breaks every bone in his face and ends his NBA career. Oh my God. And oh that must God. be, that has to be the most brutal thing I've ever heard in my entire life. You get banned from the league if that happened today. Yeah. 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 Uh, the guy, like, I mean, I'm reading right now that the blow shattered Tomjanovich's face and inflicting life threatening head and spinal injuries, leaving him sidelined for five months. Oh my god! You get arrested for that. Yeah, and that's yeah. straight up assault right there. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that that brutality that you see in uh, in the NBA is never going to see it again. No, never. And you know, part of me kind of misses it because yeah, I, I want to see another mouse. For good reason. <laughs> you know, the one it thing wouldn't about, be good like, for the league. It would not be good for the league for yeah. sure. And and all the stuff with the fans last year uh, and like the stuff that they were oh, doing, yeah, spitting on Trey Young, yeah. throwing shit. Yeah. yeah. But I see that, like, I feel like... Keep it classy. In that case, like, if, if these players are more angry and, like, you know, actually did that stuff, the fans would be a little more scared. Like, think about the, the Detroit fans. You do not mess the Detroit fans. Like, we are undefeated in this, in this league <laughs> because, yeah. like, you, like, you mess with our star player. You mess with Ben Wallace, and we will come after you with everything we've got. And it's not like, we're not going to, like, say stuff. Like, we're not going to, like, now it's like, all right, we'll just say a bunch of stuff, and the people will go overboard and start using the N-word and all that. But no, we won't do that. We're going to, we'll kick your ass. So, <laughs> we'll get, win or lose, whatever happens in the NBA season, you know, win or lose, whoever's playing, the one thing that's undefeated is the Pistons fans are the best fan bases in the world because we all stand up for our players and throw our, <laughs> throw our blood on it. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, so that's episode four. Uh, Detroit hustles harder. Yeah. Detroit hustles harder. That's, that's the big Sean. Isn't that like his trademark on us now? Detroit hustles harder? I'm not sure. I forgot who came up with that. Like he trademarked uh, a lot of things. Like he's our brand ambassador, and he's been trademarking a lot. Yeah, he is a Pistons brand ambassador. Yeah. So, uh, Kanye Kanye ended Big Sean. You guys see that tidbit? No, <laughs> he did not end Big Sean. He says he ended Big Sean, but no. Yeah. No. Big Sean's career was amazing. I want to hear that Kanye shit. <laughs> Kanye is such a he's he's terrible. Uh, I mean, I live in Chicago, and I'm saying this. Kanye West is absolutely miserable. His music was once good, but he is a miserable, miserable, confused little man. <laughs> i'd love to have him on the show though one day <laughs> that'd be something uh, oh yeah imagine that 
Hey, hey, Cardo. Hey, I am a god. I am a god. The Lakers, if they put me on their team, they would win everything. Big baller bread means nothing. Kanye. He has Donda. He has Donda Academy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that, that isn't that like actually like uh, he's trying to do the LeBron thing, like building a school for probably something like that in Chicago. I'm assuming, yeah. yeah. He's been doing that kind of stuff for a while though. Yeah. Nice sacks doesn't make a nice person. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so that's our episode. Um. A lot of things to come. Uh. Take take a look out for. I mean. Uh. So we were talking earlier, and uh, Golden State beat Brooklyn in the end, one seventeen ninety nine. So. Now the game that's going on is Philadelphia versus Utah, which is Philly's playing with the bench though. Yeah, not a, yeah. not exactly the Philly that we're accustomed to seeing. We'll see what happens. But if I were you guys, I'd turn to San Antonio versus the Clippers, which you'll see the interesting statistical team of San Antonio going against that Clippers team, Paul George. So take a look uh, at the league. Uh, a lot of games coming up. Uh, you know, we're getting close to that Christmas season and with Christmas comes like the best games of the year. So I'm sure we'll have uh, some cool stuff. And we might have some guests coming up soon. So uh, we'll keep you updated on that. Follow us on Twitter at HardwardGC. And uh, look out for the next episode. Again, it's on Apple. It's on uh, Spotify. But um, until then, we look forward to uh, talking to you guys again. See ya. All right. See ya. Bye.